Hello, and welcome to Living Proof, the teaching ministry of Joseph Castillo. We encourage you to listen to today's message over and over again, so that the Word of God will be in your spirit. Be a blessing, share it with your friends, and we pray that you'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We also invite you to visit us online at www.anifbeijing.com. here in a certain segment of verses without reading the entire chapter again. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 5 through 7. I want to zero in on this here. Somebody say amen. Have it on the screen. An untainted heart always assumes the best. Say assume the best. Let's read this together. Honey, that's the wrong verse. 13, chapter 13. Did I say 12? I'm sorry, 13, 5 through 7. I'm still on Wednesday's sermon. Chapter 12 is Wednesday's sermon. Amen. Chapter 13, verse 5. And I'm going to read it actually in the Amplified. It says in verse, verse 5 of chapter 13, Love is not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not provoked. You can't provoke somebody who's full of love. It's not overly sensitive or easily angered. Does not take account of a wrong that's endured. That's powerful. Every people, every person, every people, I've been in China too long. Every person has a tendency to count up how many things you've done wrong. But love does not count them. It says it does not rejoice at injustice, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love doesn't say when so-and-so gets what they deserve, it doesn't say, well, thank God they got what they deserved. Love doesn't rejoice when things like that happen. Love always wants healing and restoration. Amen. Verse 7, love bears all things, regardless of what comes. Say, regardless of what comes. This is the Amplified version, and I, I encourage you to memorize this in the Amplified. Love bears or puts up with all things. Say all things. Regardless of what comes. It believes all things, looking for the best. In each person, it hopes all things. Yeah, he might have said that, but I hope he meant this. Amen. Yesterday, no one showed up for evangelism. And I said, you know, I'm going to just, out of my nature, I said, maybe everybody forgot. And somebody said, no, they didn't forget. They heard the announcements on Wednesday. I said, no, maybe they did. Why? Because my autopilot is to just believe the best. Amen. Love believes and hopes the best. In every situation, my wife told me before we started to marry, 
I saw her at the, my job. I thought she was beautiful. And I said, would you like to go out to eat on Friday night? She said, oh, I'm busy Friday. I said, okay. How about next, next week I came by? I said, how about Saturday? What are you doing? She said, oh, I'm doing overtime. I said, okay. The next week came by. I said, hey, what are you doing on Monday night? I know you're busy on the weekends. How about Monday night? How about we go off to eat? She said, oh, no, I have to, my friend's birthday party. I went to my friend's KTV party. I said, all right. So this went on for one week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks, nine weeks. I did not understand. No. I was in love. And I just believed, wow, this is the busiest girl I've ever met in my life. Finally, three months later, after my hundredth or my 122nd invitation, I said, hey, how would you like to have dinner tonight? And she said, why? Is it because today is chishi? Well, I, I never heard what chishi was. I don't know what chishi is. But I didn't want to say yes or no because I didn't know if that was good or bad. So I text my Chinese friend. I said, hey, bro, what does chishi mean? What does chishi mean? He said, oh, that's, that's you know, Chinese Lover's Day. It's like Valentine's Day for Chinese. So I immediately text her back. I said, yes, yes, for Chi-Chi, for Chi-Chi. Matter of fact, I bought you a special thing for Chi-Chi. And finally, she thought, well, you know what? I can sit at home with all my girlfriends crying and depressed, eating ice cream, or maybe I could just let this guy buy me a meal, you know? So she finally said, yes, that was our first date. And now two kids later, hallelujah. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap for that. Amen. But I, I didn't understand, no. I didn't know it was just, that was not even in the stratosphere of my imagination because I was in love. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> hey, we got a witness back there. Hallelujah. Amen. So now it gets a bit confusing because if I just have to believe the best about everybody, how do I discern what's God's voice and what's, what's the devil's voice? What if God's warning me? If I believe the best and I hope the best and my thoughts are all pure towards people, and how do I discern negative situations? How do I know that it's not God telling me this person's a pedophile? We had a guy in our church named Joe Reza, Italian guy. And, you know, everyone thought he was a pedophile. And I, you know, I was like, no, not Joe Reza. Not Joe Reza. And he was like the Pied Piper. He had all the kids follow him around, and he would pick up all the kids and, and play with the kids and bounce them on his lap. And, and he was a really handsome, handsome Italian guy. Thin, tall. Well, thin doesn't equal handsome, but, you know, thin, tall. And I used to always say, Joe, why don't you date a girl? How come you don't have a girlfriend? He's like, well, I just don't feel that God's leading me to it this time, and I just don't feel led that it's my season. And he was real religious. So one day, I'm, I'm, I get a, a message in my Facebook, and it's the FBI news report. Joe Rizza of Bloomingdale, Illinois, caught luring children into his van. The FBI had set up a sting operation for him. And this guy was in church two, three times a week, serving in Sunday school. 
And what happened was the FBI set up a sting to catch him. They followed him when he got the kid. They arrested him on the spot, took him to his house, went through his house, and he had all kinds of child pornography on his computers. He had books in his house, How to Lure Children. And it was books written, and I don't even know how you're allowed to write books like this, which is another big problem. Sometimes too much freedom. Americans always talk about freedom, 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 freedom of speech. Sometimes too much freedom will kill you. Amen. Books he bought on Amazon, How to Lure Children for Pedophiles. And, you know, give them some candy. He had all these tactics. He had these books on how to lure children. And he had pictures of all these kids. And he had all these toys and candies and, and, and thing, all these presents and stuff he had. You know, for kids, they found all this stuff. And he's in jail right now, probably for life. And I said, not Joe Reza. And so I called up one of my buddies in Florida. And, and I said, hey, did you hear about Joe Reza? He's like, bro, I can't believe it. He said, I knew something was wrong about that guy. He was always trying to talk to my little kids, and I always kept my kids away from him. I knew something was off. And I said, wow, well, you know what? I should have discerned it. I didn't have kids. I was single. But I just, I just couldn't see it because the innocence of my heart. Amen? Does that make sense? But my friend who had six kids in the church, he has six children, the Holy Ghost was telling him, no, 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 something's wrong with this guy, stay away. And he never touched or hurt any kids in our church, thank God. Because all the parents had this kind of, you know, odd feeling with him and didn't really tell each other. Until after it all came out, we began to all talk, say, you felt that too, you felt that too? No one really wanted to really agree with it, but the parents were led by the Holy Spirit to protect their children. So how do you know? God's not telling you if you're going to believe the best about everybody. Does this make sense? You're supposed to believe the best about everybody, only think good, but now you're hearing a voice that says this person's a, a weirdo. Or maybe the, a voice is telling you this guy is a liar. Or maybe a voice is telling you to, you know, so-and-so is in sin. Or maybe a voice is telling you this person is trying to hit on me. No, she's not. I'm telling you. What? No way. I'm telling you. How do you know it's God or not? Well, number one, listen to this. Give no room for the devil. Can you repeat that after me? Give no room for the devil. In Texas, they say, locks keep honest people honest. Locks only keep honest people honest. What does that mean? If I'm a thief, I'm going to break in no matter what, right? How much is a lock on your door going to really stop a thief from coming in? Especially here in Oklahoma when we have glass doors and big glass windows. I mean, if a thief wants to come in at an Oklahoma house, he's coming in an Oklahoma house. Amen? So where do you lock your door? Locks keep honest people honest. It's a Texas saying. What that means is it will encourage the honest people to stay honest. Does that make sense? Yeah, my son, maybe he knows not to touch our gun. But with that lock on there, he ain't even going to try. Does that make sense? 
So locks keep honest people honest. So if somebody's now applying to serve in the children's church, it's not that I have a defiled image and I think everyone's a pedophile. And it's, it's not that, but it's, it's I give no room for the devil. We're just going to have to background check you if you don't mind. We're going to have to talk to some people in your family, if you don't mind. We're going to have to do a, a police background check, if you don't mind. It's not that I don't trust you. It's that I'm giving no room to the devil. Well, so-and-so is hitting. I had somebody told me, this person's hitting on me all the time. I said, well, why are you alone with them all the time? If you're not alone with that person, they're not going to be hitting on you. Does that make sense? So you give no room for the devil. You don't maybe drive in the car with somebody of the opposite sex that's not your wife. Or if you do, you know, you have them sit in the back seat, you sit in the front seat. It's not that you're going to do anything, and it's not that you think they're going to do anything, but you're just going to give no room, say no room. You're going to give no room for the enemy to accuse you. We, I had a girl come in my office for counseling a couple more weeks ago, and I had my son in there with me. I had the door open, and I had an usher outside. Why? Was I going to do nothing? No way. Was she going to do something? Maybe not. I'm sure not. But just giving no room to the devil is how you protect yourself. If you're wise, if you don't give room for the devil, you can keep believing the best about people, but you give no chance for them to violate that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Psalms 118 verse 8 is the center verse of the entire Bible. And I learned this from my pastor. I'll give credit where credit is due. I learned this from my Korean pastor, Pastor Lee in, in Korea. My wife will remember this sermon. Amen. This is the center verse. Pastor Lee has four PhDs. He's a theologian. This is the center verse of the entire Bible. Isn't this something? Look what the center of the Bible says. The thing that holds all this stuff together. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. The heart of the word of God, the heart of the Bible is that it's do not put any trust in man. Do you know that there's not one verse in the 66 books of the Bible? There's not one verse that says you should trust a man. Not one verse. There's not one verse that says that we should blindly put our trust in the man of God. Never blindly put your trust in the man of God's prophecies. Never blindly put your trust in the man of God's character. If you judge a man of God's word, you have to judge it not by he's a man of God, but you have to judge it by does it come to pass. That was the standard test. We learned this from Miss Burgess at Bible College. The standard test, if they are a, gave a word from God, it's if it comes to pass. If it didn't come to pass, it's not from God. And now we have people hopping around social media on prophets, crisscrossing across America, giving false prophecies, and they won't even repent about them. It's the standard test, if it's a word from God, it's if it comes to pass. Does that make sense? Never blindly trust the man of God's prophecies. Never blindly trust the man of God's character. Our trust is in God alone. 
many stories upon stories upon stories are there of men of God that had abused women or men or children and the church members couldn't even believe it. No way. I would have never thought in a million years. It's because, watch this, you do a disservice by trusting them. We learn this on the mission field. It's not when we go on the mission field, it's not that we don't want to give money to people. We don't want to bless them. But it's when we throw money around to developing nations, you put a pressure on those people to now have to make a decision on how to be responsible for money that they've never seen before. So now you do them a disservice. You say, I'm going to have a crusade. And they say, well, I want to be your coordinator. Just send me the money. And you send them 10 grand. Now you're putting an unfair pressure upon them to manage something that they could never imagine managing before. And so now you, in your trust, create the problem. And then you blame them. Oh, those Filipinos. Oh, those, those you know, Africans. Or those, 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 those Latinos. You can't trust them with your money. And American missionaries, Korean missionaries, I hear them all the time. Like, oh, yeah, you can't trust those Indians. You can't trust those Filipinos. You can't trust. No. You're the one that did that by being irresponsible, not understanding that, that some of these very impoverished people in developing nations, they don't know how to manage certain temptations because what you're doing is you're putting a temptation on them and so now oh, I trust the man of God and I'm going to go visit the office with him or I'm going to go on a ministry trip with the pastor says the secretary of the church and so now your trust in the man of God becomes a temptation to the man of God I'm not saying he's innocent but I'm saying you set up failure by giving man trust. So what do we do? We believe the best, but we give no room for the devil. Our flesh always wants to put confidence in somebody that we can touch, taste, or feel. Our flesh always wants to put confidence in a person. Your spouse. Your president. But our trust, according to the word of God, must only be in the Lord. Because in God, there is no shadow of turning. Amen. In God, there is no disappointment. So we lock our doors. So we don't leave our kids with other folks. I'm sorry. I had a lady in our church that just, I basically had to, I mean, I, I mean, it was, she was pressuring us. Let me watch your kids. Let me watch your kids. Let me watch your kids. I wanted to slap her. No, I'm not giving you my kids. Not that I think she's a weirdo, but you don't. Put your trust in men. God has given you children. It's your responsibility to guard your children. One lady was coming to our church. Her son was sexually abused by a, a brother in Christ that, that, that was going to the same church as them. They were going to victory, I think. And he was going to mentor her son. Took him camping, took him to the gun range, and the next thing you know, molested and rapes her son at 12 years old. 
the brother who was mentoring her son. I'll put my kids with it. Nobody. Not even my own family members. Only in my family, I let my sister. That's it. Nobody else. And her family, her mom. Not that we think bad about them. It's not that. It's that we give no room. Say no room. No room for the devil. I believe the best about them, but I'm not going to create a situation that's going to cause temptation. That's why we have passwords on our phones. I love you, but I'm not going to give reckless trust to mankind. I'm going to do background checks. Hallelujah. So forth and so on. I believe not what you say, but I believe what you do. Everybody talks a good talk. Every person that's came and left this church, uh, we've been open eight months, and we've seen about 100 people come and go. And everyone comes in saying, praise God, I can't find the church. I finally found a good one. I'm not going to leave this and that. This is the best sermons I've ever heard in my life. Praise God, praise God, I'm here for you, pastor. Boom, gone. I don't believe what people say. I believe what they do. Everyone talks a game, hallelujah, a good game. It's not because I'm defiled, but in my unconditional love for you, for everybody, I recognize that we live in a broken world. I recognize that you might have been abused. You might have been hurt in a certain way that you're secretly in bondage by, and now I'm going to put my kids at risk by being with you alone? That's not wise. Does that make sense? See, we have to deal with each other, not according to, I, I, I think you're a weirdo. You know, no, I, I believe you're, you're, you know, you're a wonderful person, but I understand the reality that we live in a fallen world. And I have to protect my doors, lock them. I have to protect my phones and my, and my, my, my things and, and, you know, my children, our children here in the children's ministry. Does that make sense to you? So we have to deal with each other according to reality. If we could, if we could walk in the balance of these truths, that yes, I unconditionally love and believe the best about everybody, but I understand that we live in a fallen world too, and I'm going to guard my heart. Do you know how many people don't go to church because they've been hurt by their pastor? But why are they hurt by their pastor? I like, what, I like what Pastor Randy Hooper said. He said that he has a message called the church can't hurt you. And in that message, the church can't hurt you, what it means is Jesus Christ built the church. He is the head of the church. The church can't hurt you. The only reason you can get hurt is when you put misguided trust and confidence in man and don't accept the reality that everybody in this fallen world is imperfect. And if we can balance and understand that people are not perfect, but I love them, you have fought a spiritual war successfully. This is where the natural meets the supernatural warfare. Having a love for people, having a compassion for people, believing the best about everybody, but knowing how to have safe boundaries. Not put people on pedestals, but understanding that we're all living in a broken world. Somebody say amen.
there are some other strategies that we need to do to keep the door closed on the devil. And I'll just introduce to you one in the book of James. James chapter 4 and verse 7. I think we'll read actually James 4, 5, 6, and, or four, six and 7, is it? It says here in the book of James, he, God, gives more grace. Say more grace. Hallelujah. Say more grace. God gives more grace. Wherefore, he saith, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Amen. Next verse. So therefore, submit yourselves to God. And resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You position yourself in spiritual warfare by knowing, number one, you have all the grace you need to win the battle. But that's dependent upon your complete submission to God. And people try to resist the devil, but they're not submitted to God and it's a losing battle. The only way you can in make South the Africa, devil flee you have, uh, when you resist you tribes him in South Africa who are killing Zimbabwe workers. So people are coming from Zimbabwe to me, work in South Africa. I don't believe Africa in tithing. I don't tithe. And they're being murdered. And he doesn't have a good job. He's it is almost 50 in his 40s, 50, something like that. And he's making $11 an hour. Can't make things work in his life. Financially, at that age, and he doesn't believe in tithing. Well, you know, how can he resist the spirit of poverty if he's not submitted to God concerning giving and finances? In order to be able to run the devil out of our lives, we have to be fully submitted to God. Does that make sense? First, submitting yourselves to God means that we refuse to submit to the devil's presence or his deceiving ways. Submitting to God is one step. The other leg is resisting the devil, and that is a military language, to resist. And next week, we're going to talk about resisting the steps to having demon powers in your life. The first step is regression. Regression means to go back. Pray less, fast less, worship less, attend church less, give less. That's the step one of being demonized. Have you stopped reading your Bible? Have you stopped attending service faithfully? Have you stopped worshiping God during the praise and worship? Wherever you have began to regress, you have given the enemy a foothold to begin to work in your life. So the first thing we have to do is get back the ground that we gave up. For whatever reason, maybe we went through a trial in our life. Maybe we've just been exhausted to the point where we haven't given God our, our due time in, in church and worship and prayer. We have to take that ground back to win this spiritual war that we are all in, every one of us. 
There's nobody that just got saved and because you're with Jesus, the enemy just is going to leave you alone. We are in a war and the devil wants to seek and kill and destroy every one of us, especially those serving God. Amen. Stand to your feet here today. We don't want to keep you here too long. Hallelujah. Is anybody getting anything here today? Hallelujah. It's very quiet in this Presbyterian church. I thought I started a Pentecostal church. Amen. Amen. Let's pray here today. Let's close your eyes here. Father, we ask you today to give us the right mind. The word orthodoxy means the right belief, the right thinking, the right understanding. That we be not deceived concerning spiritual things. And that we, Father God, today, I pray, have come to a new insight of understanding. That we need to believe the best about everybody we meet. And that doesn't mean risk your safety. That doesn't mean risk you from being hurt. No, because we understand that our trust is in God alone. Therefore, we can't be disappointed. We can't be hurt. We can't be abused because our trust was going to only be in God. But we're going to love from that place of full confidence and trust in the Lord. We're going to love everybody. And thereby, the anointing of God can flow through our lives to remove burdens, to destroy yokes, to heal broken relationships, to build up and repair the things that the locust, the canker, the palmer worm, the caterpillar has eroded in the lives of the people of God under the sound of my voice, we declare that with the handle on the love of God, the Spirit of God can be poured out and begin to build and restore broken relationships. That even the disappointments that we've had through pastors and churches and leaders can begin to be healed today, even as truth has come forth. And that today our trust, Father God, will remain in that one unchanging hand of the Lord God Jehovah. Who's always there. Who's always good. Who in Him there is no shadow of turning. We can trust you. And we will not transfer the pains that we've suffered from our fathers, from our friends, from our pastors. We'll not transfer that distrust onto you, Father God. But today we understand that the human race is still living in a condition under this earth. And there is an ultimate redemption coming, and it's not quite here yet. But one day, at the sound of a trumpet, even 
those who are alive shall be changed and the dead in Christ shall rise first. But until that day, we have orders from heaven to love our brothers and our sisters, to love our pastors and the stranger. To so, See, some people could just love a stranger, but they can't love their own family members. It's easy to love a waiter in a restaurant that you don't know, but you can't love your own husband or wife. Why? Because you know them. We live, people live under an illusion that some stranger is better. The fact is everybody is broken. Everybody is imperfect. Not before God. Our, we're perfect before God, but in this life we make mistakes and sometimes hurt one another. Sometimes not even intentionally. But that doesn't matter because our trust is in the Lord. Every person here today that's had a misguided trust and a misguided confidence and has let you down and has hurt you, we pray that God will begin to heal your heart today. As a matter of fact, if you're here today and you, and you say, Bishop, I've, I've put my trust in, 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 in thus and so and and I've dealt with such great disappointment as a result of that. Let me tell you, God wants to do a work in your heart today. If that's you, I'd like you just to raise your hand, and I want to pray for you here. I see that hand. I see that hand there. I'm going to ask God to do a special work concerning this thing. And if you're here and you have gone through that, I'm just going to ask if you could just come up to the front. I might not lay hands on you. It's not about laying hands, and I don't push anybody. But I'm just going to ask you to step up to the front a few feet. And, and I'm just going to ask God to do a supernatural work. I'm going to ask God to send an anointing from heaven to restore that in Jesus' name. Amen. Is anybody else here that's put your... Your faith and trust in some person, whether it's a minister or a family member or a spouse, and it was disappointed in your soul. I'm going to ask God to bring a healing today. Just step up here. Lift your hands up. And Father, I pray today for a divine transaction to take place at this altar. I ask you at this altar to just, with your heart, take that thing and present it to before the Lord. And Jesus before heaven, I invite the angels to participate in this anointing today. To take out of their hands, the hands of their spirit, the disappointment and I even hear the Lord saying for somebody here, the deep grief of when that who you have trusted has shattered your heart. And I release the healing power of God right now in the name of Jesus to minister to that and to restore 
in Jesus' name. Now I pray the angels of God to begin to move through this altar to remove that wound. And I ask Holy Spirit by your power that you would begin to heal these wounds in the name of Jesus. Heal these wounds in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. I'm Bishop Joseph Castillo, and this is Living Proofs Podcast. I know you are blessed and encouraged, and I want to invite you today to receive Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. He died for your sins so you don't have to die in that mucky mire of sin. He had lifted you up, shed his blood so you could be forgiven of everything that you've ever done. And all you need to do is open up the door and let the King of Glory come into your heart with the words of your lips. Repeat after me and God will start a new chapter in your life today. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you now just as I am. I am a sinner born in sin. But God, you sent your son to die for my sins. And on the third day, he was raised from the dead. From this day forward, I belong to you. Wash me in the blood. Forgive my sins. Send your spirit in my heart. From this day forward, I have new life. I have boldness to share the gospel with others. And Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Amen. If you said that prayer, I want you to contact the ministry. You could Facebook us. You could email us. You could Instagram us. We're, we're on all those platforms. Bishop Joseph Castillo. Just go to our Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Email me if you want. Bishop at the RiverChurchTulsa.com. And we'd like to give you a free gift so you can understand this new walk with Christ that God has given you today. It's my book called Reality or Religion, The Beginner's Guide to Faith. We'll send you a copy. If this broadcast has blessed you, I want you to share it with others. And I want you to also partner with our ministry. Help us carry the good news of the gospel across the earth. And you can do so at theriverchurchtulsa.com or asiarevival.com. Once again, that's asiarevival.com or theriverchurchtulsa.com. If you need prayer, feel free to call us at 773-599-7197.